Welcome to the Rankin Baptist Church Podcast. Please note that all or some of this podcast may have been recorded during our live physical services at Rankin Baptist Church. Therefore, sound quality may be affected in some areas. We hope you enjoy the podcast. So we're going to be looking this morning at the message, Father's Day message, at the life of Samson. So Samson is one of those heroes in the Bible that we're all familiar with, the strongest man that ever lived, literally the strongest person that ever lived. Unfortunately, what we're going to learn is from his mistakes and how not to repeat them in our lives. You know, somebody said that wise people learn from the mistakes of others. Unwise people learn from their own mistakes. And Eleanor Roosevelt said, Learn from the mistakes of others because you can't live long enough to make all of them on your own. Now, when we look at the life of Samson, he started out as this um, child with a lot of promise. So let's look at his background and we're looking at Judges chapter 13, verse 2. A reading follows. A certain man of Zorah named Manoah from the clan of the Danites had a wife who was sterile and remained childless. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, You are sterile and childless, but you're going to conceive and have a son. Now see to it that you do not drink wine or any other fermented drink, and that you do not eat anything unclean, because you will conceive and give birth to a son. No razor may be used on his head, because the boy is to be a Nazarite, set apart to God from birth, and he will begin the deliverance of Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Now look at that. His parents were barren. His mother was barren. She wasn't able to have children in the beginning. But the angel of the Lord said, you are going to be able to conceive miraculously. But here's the thing. Your son is to be a Nazarite. Now a Nazarite was somebody who kind of was dedicated to serve the Lord. And there were really quite quite a few strict rules that applied to their lives. One of it was they weren't allowed to drink They were to keep themselves holy to serve God. Now, John the Baptist was a Nazarite. And here, of course, we see that's one of the things that was unique about Samson. One of the things as well that applied to him is he wasn't allowed to have his hair cut. Of course, we find later that his strength somehow is attached to his long locks of hair. So he comes onto the scene and here's the special thing about him. The Bible says he will begin the deliverance of the Israelites from the Philistines. So the purpose behind Samson's birth was that he would be this amazing deliverer, one of the judges of Israel. He was the last judge in Israel. So when you see all the promise uh, attached to his life, it's pretty amazing. So he was born for a very specific purpose. He had a real destiny that lay ahead of him. When you read the book of Hebrews chapter 11, he again is mentioned there as one of the heroes of the faith. He did accomplish quite a few things in his life. Now, he had supernatural strength. We see that he killed a young lion with his bare hands. Judges 15 verse 8, he attacked the Philistines on one occasion. He killed many of them single-handedly. On another occasion, he killed more than a thousand of their soldiers just in one battle with the jawbone of a donkey, quite a big jawbone. He killed more than a thousand of them. He broke off the city gates of Gaza, the city of Gaza. He carried those gates from Gaza to Hebron, which is about 32 kilometers away. I mean, those are massive heavy gates. He lifted it up on his shoulders and carried them away. 
he caught 300 foxes. Now, just to catch one is probably an achievement. He caught 300, and of course, he set them, their tails alight, sent them into the fields of the Philistines. And then he pushed down the structural supporting pillars of the Temple of Dagon. Now, any one of those feats is quite a feat of strength in itself. So you really, when God says, you know, he's going to be having supernatural strength, that is going to kind of be his gifting, you see it happen in his life. Samson, moreover, was a very courageous man. Notwithstanding the fact that God had given him strength, he had to be courageous even just to, by faith, go and tackle a whole Philistine army. And more than one occasion, Philistines came against him in their thousands. He had nobody by his side, and yet he was willing to go and take them on. So he was a courageous man. And the courage didn't just come from his strength. It was part of his character, and that's one of uh, Samson's strengths. Well, it seemed that everything was in place in Samson's life. So he was going to do very well, right? He was going to be this deliverer that everybody expected him to be. Well, unfortunately, that's not how things worked out. When we look at Samson's life, his life was actually a tragedy. He ruled, but he ruled for a short period of time, only 20 years. Now, if he had done things a little bit differently, he could have been like some of the other leaders in Israel who led for 30, 40, sometimes 50 years, a long period of time. But Samson only ruled for 20 years. And then ultimately he failed in his destiny. He didn't actually deliver Israel. Okay, he killed many of the Philistines, but you, never, you know, he never raised an army. He never took back any of the Israelite towns. He never threw off the Philistine yoke. Um, he failed quite dismally. He didn't gather the Israelites together. He didn't unite them. You don't once see that he called the army together like Gideon did from all over Israel and said, let's go and defeat the Philistines and let's take back some of the territory. In actual fact, it doesn't say anywhere that he won back a single inch of land from the Philistines. He failed to be this mighty deliverer. And then tragically, when you see his life, the end of his life, the Bible says the Spirit of God departed from him. Now, I mean, he was filled with the Spirit of God from his birth. What happened along the line that God would depart from him? Well, Samson made one mistake after another. And those are the things that we want to learn from so that we don't repeat them in our own lives. So, what were these fatal flaws in his life that caused him to fail when actually he had such a great beginning? Well, there's six of them, I believe, that I've pulled away from the passages that talk about Samson's life. There's six of them that if you and I can avoid these, we can perhaps start off with a destiny and complete it. We can start our life with a lot of promise and we can find at the end of our lives we've actually accomplished something. So let's look at those six things now. We may be looking at it from a negative point of view, but remember, as we said in the beginning, you can learn a lot from the mistakes of others so that you and I don't repeat them in our own lives. The first one is, as a man, we're talking particularly to men this morning, get a handle on your relationship with women. Get a handle on your relationship with women. We, we see in Samson's life that the major, major downfall was his relationships with foreign women. So he wanted to marry a Philistine, the first one, and the Bible says he fell in love with her, love at first sight. So Judges 14 verse 1, he says to his parents, 
you know, I've just seen this Philistine woman. She's the right one for me. Go and get her for me. And his parents said to him, you know, Samson, we've got enough beautiful women among the Israelites. Why not choose one of them? And he says, no, I saw this woman. She's the right one for me. I mean, he's really gang on the basis of what the woman looks like. He doesn't even know her from a bar of soap. A little bit later, he murdered 30 men to keep a rash promise that he had made during his time of betrothal to her. Um, so he decides that he's going to marry her. His parents, see, uh, his parents see that they can't do anything. So he starts the wedding celebrations. He makes a rash promise and ends up having to kill 30 men, innocent men, in order to keep that promise. Then a little bit later, in Judges 16 verse 1, he decides he's going to Gaza. He sees a prostitute and he spends the night there. Well, that almost gets him captured because word gets out that Samson is in their town. The whole town comes together and they decide that they're going to get a hold of him in the morning. He hears about it and he escapes, but barely escapes. I mean, that was putting his life, his ministry in jeopardy. And then, of course, we know third time was unlucky for Samson. He got away with it the first two times, but the third time he didn't get away with it. And that was his relationship with Delilah. So he falls in love with her, the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say that she fell in love with him. But he spent the nights, a couple of nights, a couple of weeks with her, with his new best friend, his love. Little did he know that the Philistine rulers found out that he was there. So what they decided is they're going to offer Delilah a handsome sum of money, 65 kilograms of silver, if she will betray Samson. And of course, that is exactly what she does. Does sorry, His problem is woman and her problem is money. And of course, there was just a disaster waiting to happen. So she eventually convinces Samson to tell her the secret of his strength. She wears him down systematically and eventually he reveals his secret to her. The Philistines capture him, and then you see the Spirit of God departs from him. Now, many people have been ruined by women. Many men have been ruined by women. And it may be because of the women themselves. It may be because men are just not able to handle their relationships. Now, of course, some women have been ruined by men as well. And the problem here is the problem of petticoats. You know, one of the things that men struggle with petticoats. You know, David fell because of his desire for Bathsheba. Solomon, his son, made the same mistake and his foreign wives led him astray. You see, we've seen politicians, we've seen business leaders, we've seen people that are really successful in life make the mistake of poor judgment in their relationships with women. So if you and I are not going to be using discernment, choosing godly women instead of ungodly women, being able to see through people who are after us for the wrong reasons, then you and I are going to make those same mistakes. Do you know the advice given to a king is found in Proverbs 31 verse 3. It says, don't spend your strength on women, your vigor on those who ruin kings. So here's a king's mother giving him advice. He says, one of the things you need to be watch out for when you become a king is your relationship with women. 
because they have been known to ruin kings, take advantage of them. And of course, there are many examples. We think of Jezebel, Queen Jezebel, who ruined Ahab's life. So one of the things that you and I need to be careful of is our relationships, getting involved romantically and otherwise with the right uh, relationships. I came across a young man. He was so besotted with another young woman. Now, he was an Indian, but he was a Christian. He fell in love with this young girl and he could do nothing but think of her. Now, she wasn't quite in love with him, but he was oh, head over heels with her, in love with her. You know what he did? He went to a Sangoma, he paid her money, the Sangoma money, in order that the Sangoma would cast a spell on this woman to get her to fall in love. That's how desperately in love this man was. Now, if you think that's silly, people have made that mistake over and over again. So you and I as men need to get a handle on our relationships with other women. The second thing that we learn from Samson's life is to keep control over our anger. You know, one of the problems with um, Samson's life in um, Judges 14 verse 19, it says he was burning with anger and he went and killed people in a fit of anger. Judges 15 verse 6, again, we see Samson as an opportunity where he is uh, offended People come against him, they do something to him that he feels is unjust. So he says in Judges 15, verse 7, I'm going to get my revenge. Judges 16, 28, help me. He even prays to the Lord, Lord, help me to get revenge. That's the, one of the problems that Samson had. You see, he had all the strength, which means he had the ability to beat people up if he chose. And of course, he felt well, I can do with my strength what I want to. I'm afraid of no person. And that caused him to not keep his anger in check. He became a vengeful person. A person that it was quick to fly off the handle. And if you looked at him wrong, well, he'd go for you. Of course, that's the problem with anger. You know, anger is a very destructive emotion. So Proverbs 29, 11 says, Fools are quick to express their anger. But wise people are patient and control themselves. Proverbs 30, 30, 33 says, stirring up anger produ produces strife. So if you and I don't get a handle on our anger, we're probably going to get into fights. We're going to say the wrong things. We're going to do the wrong things. We're going to spoil relationships. We're going to damage a lot of things. We're going to get fired. People are going to leave our lives. The Bible says, don't be friends with an angry man, otherwise you'll learn his ways. So one of the things that you and I need to get a handle on is anger. There are many things that are going to frustrate us in life. They're going to hurt us in life. And we're going to want to go the shortest route, and that is lash out. But you and I need to keep our minds in check. We need to keep our hearts in check and, of course, our bodies in check. The third thing we learn from Samson's life is that you and I need to learn to take advice and be willing to be corrected. You know, his parents counseled him not to get involved with this woman. It was a woman who worshipped foreign gods, they have different customs, a different approach to life, plus they were part of the enemy. But Samson said, listen, you know, I'm in love. And how many young people have said that? My mom, my dad doesn't understand me. 
They don't understand how sincere we are. We're going to get married one day. We've already planned our whole uh, future. So if they would just support us, you know, we would do well. And of course, Samson made that mistake thousands of years ago. It's still being made today. So his parents tried to give him advice and say, listen, this woman in the long run is not going to be good for you. But Samson was headstrong. He was proud um, and he didn't listen to his parents. At the end of the day, unfortunately, that marriage didn't even turn into a marriage. It was just one big mess if you read the account. I was reading or watching the program Restaurant Impossible. It's about this guy who had opened up his restaurant. He couldn't figure out why his restaurant was failing. He was more than three million rand in debt and uh, he couldn't figure it out. Well, he wasn't listening to anybody either. So this guy comes along and he helps him out. And one of the things he does, he asks the people, the staff around him, what do you think the problem is of the restaurant is? And do you know what? Almost without exception, every one of them said the guy's headstrong. He's making mistakes, but he doesn't listen to anybody. He knows he's the boss. But nobody can give him advice. Um, if he had taken advice, his restaurant could have been turned around. So for three, four years, he'd basically been wasting his time, losing money, until the day which somebody came along and said, listen, you were the problem in your restaurant. You think you know everything, but you don't. Other people can see what needs to be done to, be fi to fix the restaurant, but you won't take their advice. Well, eventually this guy came along, uh, open up his eyes because by this point in time he was desperate for help. He did turn the restaurant around, he took the advice and in actual fact his restaurant became so popular that people had to make reservations in order to, to get a seat at that restaurant. So what was the difference? The difference was a bit of advice. You know people have learned a lot in life. They, most people will be happy to share their advice, their lessons with you and I as long as you and I are humble enough and open and teachable enough to do things a different way. Sure, hold on to your convictions, but be teachable, be willing to learn. And you'll probably find that you can take all the wisdom from other people and fast forward your own life without having to learn lessons in a very uh, terrible way, uh, discouraging way, as it were. Then the fourth thing we learn from Samson, and that's the fourth one out of six, is have people to whom you're accountable to. You know, Samson was a law unto himself. He felt, well, if I want to go and beat the Philistines up, well, I'll just go and beat them up. If I want to get married, if I find somebody, nobody's going to stand in my way. So he wasn't accountable to anybody. But that was his problem. Because he couldn't see all the problems he was causing in his life. He couldn't see the danger that was all around him all the time. You know, other leaders put around themselves a group of advisors. Even kings have special advisors. And that helps them to take better decisions. When you have people around you, they can see danger that you may not be aware of. But Samson wasn't like that. You know, if Samson had, for example, said, listen, God has called me to deliver the Philistines. And he got a couple of the elders together. He got a couple of military strategists from Israel together. And he asked them, listen, how can we go and defeat the Philistines? The chances are he could have rallied a big army. He could have been their champion. That would have really inspired the army. And he could have defeated town after town. He could have won a deliverance for Israel. 
as some of the other judges did, and thrown off the yoke. But he didn't do that, because it was a law unto himself. He almost got himself caught in Gaza, because he went in there alone. Anybody else would have said, Samson, how could you possibly go into one of the main cities of the enemy and hope to not get caught? You weigh, you, it's just too risky. Then, of course, he got involved in Delilah, with Delilah, and that, again, was an ill-informed decision. Because, of course, nobody was there to give him advice. So, you know, you and I need people in our lives to keep us accountable. It may be that your wife keeps you accountable for your spending habits. She may say, listen, you cannot just come in and go as you want. You're a married man now. You have a responsibility at home. You may have friends that are telling you, listen, you need to watch out for your drinking habits. A lot of people speaking into your life. Now, it may feel like people are, you know, wanting to run your life and tell you things that you don't need to hear. But amongst all those things, there may be truths um, that you do need to hear because there are things that they can see that you cannot see. So, you know, the boundaries in our lives are sometimes um, boundaries that if we don't put them in place, other people are going to suggest them to us. But those boundaries are not to keep us in, to limit our freedom. They're actually walls to protect us. And if you and I will be humble and say, listen, I don't quite like the advice I'm getting right now, but I can see that it's necessary. Let me just calm down, swallow my pride, take the advice. The chances are you and I won't make the same mistake that Samson did because he was a lone ranger, had nobody around him to speak wisdom into his life. The fifth thing that we learn from Samson's life is to use your talents for God, not for personal enrichment. Use your talents for God, not for personal enrichment. Now here's the thing about Samson. He had all the strength, but he used it for personal gratification. He used this, his strength to get himself a wife, uh, to deliver himself when he was with that prostitute. He used his strength to kill the Philistines, not uh, kind of leading God's armies, but just because he was angry with them. He used his strength to tear down the temple of Dagon, not because he was fighting God's battles, just because he wanted revenge on them for taking out his eyes. So you see that all of his strength was used for personal gain. You don't ever hear of Samson delivering other people, serving people. A lot of people during his time needed a lot of help. They were being oppressed. But Samson couldn't care less as to whether people needed him, whether he could help them in their deliverance. No, it was all about Samson, Samson, Samson. What is in it for me? And of course, that is not what God gifts a person for. But you know, many people make the same mistakes. God has given us great gifts and we use it for personal enrichment and advancement in this life. I mean, we may have people in the construction industry, but their church is falling apart. You know, you may have a, be a person that runs your own business, um, but the church's finances need help, the bookkeeping and things like that. You may be a very talented musician, you may have a great voice, but instead of using it to glorify God, you kind of make YouTube videos or something silly like that. But over and over, we see in this life, people have so many gifts, but they don't use it for God's purposes. 
They use it to create wealth, buy houses, advance themselves, move up the corporate ladder, and there's no time to serve God in any capacity. Now that's the same mistake that Samson made, using all the gifts that God had given him for personal promotion. Let's not make that mistake. And then the last thing we learn from Samson's life is to develop a moral character. You know, Samson had great physical strength, but spiritually and in terms of his character, he was really undeveloped. He was very immature. He acts on the basis of his flesh when he sees a woman, he goes after her, somebody makes him angry, he just goes and beats that person up. Um, his parents try to give him advice, he says, well, no, I'm not taking that advice. Here's a person that really was emotionally, we may say, and certainly spiritually very immature. In fact, he's quite a prayerless man. The only time he offers something that resembles a real prayer is towards the end of his life. And he says to the Lord, Lord, let me get revenge on my enemies one more time. So what is his prayer? Help me to get revenge. That's the only time that Samson prays. You know, you and I can have the greatest of gifts, all the abilities, but you and I are also subject to normal temptation. The devil wants to take us out. He wants to destroy our lives. And apart from the devil trying to destroy our lives, there are certain sins that all of us are subject to. And if we don't get a handle on our moral character, on our spirits, then we can become another spiritual casualty, a casualty of sin. Now, the only way that you and I can avoid that is to keep ourselves humble. To never say, you know, I've got, I'm doing all these great things. I, I can afford to neglect my quiet times. I don't need to read the Bible. I don't need to be around other Christians. No, even as a pastor, I will never go any period of time without in, being in fellowship. If we go on holidays, I've said many times, that one of the first things we do before the weekend comes is find out where the closest church is. I need to be among Christians all the time because I know the devil's out to get me. And if the devil's not out to get me, there are certain things that in my life, if I don't keep them in check, can run astray with me. So, you know, I've learned enough lessons from the mistakes that other people have made so that I'm wise enough to try and not make those mistakes myself. Now, it doesn't mean I'm perfect, but at least I'm wise enough, I would like to think, to learn that if it can happen to greater men and women of God than I am, certainly it can happen to me. So you and I need to make sure that we are always walking close to the Lord. Don't neglect your quiet times. Don't neglect your prayers. All of these things are important to sustain yourself in the long run. You know, in conclusion, the amazing thing is our prisons are filled with people who just won't learn. They won't learn from the mistakes of others. You would think that, you know, people will have seen murder doesn't pay. You probably be going to get caught. Crime doesn't pay. If you steal, you're going to get away with it for a while, but eventually you will get caught. And yet when you look at prisons, you see they are filled. Now, you would think that people on the outside would say, hey, um, the chances are the, of the police catching me are pretty good. And, uh, our full prisons are testimony to that. And yet people continue to commit the same crimes. It's like human beings, we just don't listen. We have generations growing up like that. How about people who started out in church and now are spiritually bankrupt? They kind of shipwrecks. I've heard of people who were in ministry, youth leadership, pastors, 
They can't even get out of bed and go to a church on a Sunday morning because of certain things that happened during their life that they didn't learn the lessons from other people. They didn't see the problem coming and eventually they became another statistic as it were. You know, God doesn't want you and I to suffer like that. So he's left on record the lives of people who are good examples and the lives of people who are bad examples. And we ought to learn from both of them. In actual fact, Romans 15, 4 says, everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. Then look at this, 1 Corinthians 10, 11. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us. So God wants us to learn even from the life of a person like Samson, a great hero in the Bible, but unfortunately ended his life uh, tragically. What are the lessons? I just want to remind you, as a man, get a handle on your relationships with women. Keep control over your anger. Don't be vengeful. Take advice and be willing to be corrected. Have people around you to whom you are accountable. Don't be a law unto yourself. Use your talents for God, not for personal enrichment. And then watch out, develop your moral character and it will sustain you for the whole of your life. May the Lord bless this message to your hearts and to our lives. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, remember to share it with people you feel may be encouraged by it as well. Also remember, for more resources, to watch our video sermons, or to find out more about Ramsey Baptist Church, visit us online at www.rbaptchurch.org.